If you have your Bibles there, we're going to have a look at this next part of Mark together and his account of the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, I'd encourage you to follow along in your Bibles if you have them open. All the verses we're looking at will be on the screens as well. Uh, And let me pray again as we come to look at God's Word together. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for your Word. We thank you that in your Word you teach us all we need to know about you. You teach us about your Son Jesus who died and rose to life again. You teach us what this means for us. And we pray that as we consider this great good news again this morning, help us to understand what we read, help us to understand how we ought to react and respond to the news that Jesus is risen. And we ask that you help us to do this, uh, that we might grow as your people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. What do you think when you hear the word resurrection? Uh, How do you react at Easter or at any time of the year when you hear the proclamation that Jesus is risen? Uh, That this man who died and was buried came back to life three days later, just as he said he would. Uh, How do you react to that news? How does it make you feel? And and what do you do as a result of hearing that news? At the end of Mark's Gospel, we see the reaction of Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, uh, the women who were the first to hear the news and see the empty tomb. Mark 16, verse 8, trembling and bewildered, The women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. What do you think about that? (laughs) I don't know. It seems like a fairly normal initial reaction, I think, to such news. And maybe many people have the same bewildered, perhaps fearful response even today to the proclamation that Jesus the Christ who died, later rose to life again. Uh, Peter Hitchens is a a Christian, a journalist and an author. He's also the brother of Christopher Hitchens, who was a staunch and outspoken atheist, a proponent of the new atheism. Uh, Peter was a guest on ABC's Q&A program back in 2013. This was a while ago. And the host, Tony Jones, asked him uh, what was his most dangerous idea. Peter said this, The most dangerous idea in human history and philosophy remains the belief that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and rose from the dead. And that is the most dangerous idea you will ever encounter. Why would Peter say this is a dangerous idea? I'll keep you waiting till I uh, <laughs> give, give you more of what he said. Why would the women respond to this news with with fear and bewilderment. And how should we react today? How should we react today to the news that Jesus is risen? I will hopefully answer these questions as we look through these final verses of Mark's Gospel. Uh, As we aim to answer these questions, it'll be helpful, first of all, uh, to think about whether the resurrection of Jesus could actually be true. Uh, If Jesus didn't actually die, uh, or if the women just went to the wrong tomb that Sunday morning, then the account of the resurrection loses credibility immediately. And we don't have to think too hard about it at all. That's the approach many people uh, take when they think, oh, 
that we hear about the resurrection of Jesus. Well, that couldn't have happened. <laughs> uh, but Mark's account of the events tell us clearly that Jesus uh, was really and actually dead before he was put in the tomb and uh, the women did indeed go to the right tomb. Uh, let's have a look at how he says that. First of all, well, Jesus really did die. Uh, you can hardly read the account of his crucifixion and doubt it. Uh, the punishment by the Roman soldiers and this torturous act of crucifixion was all very much intended to bring about the death of the one undergoing it. It was very, very effective in producing that result. But even apart from the physical suffering that's described and, and which we have to conclude would lead to Jesus' death, how could anyone survive it? We also have Mark's account of the events during and after Jesus' death, which which tell us his, his death was confirmed beyond doubt. There were many eyewitnesses to Jesus' death, at least three of whom were the same women who first saw the empty tomb and heard the news of Jesus' resurrection. Mark 15, verse 40. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph, and Salome. Mark is, is careful, I think, to note these three women in particular. They were at the cross. They saw Jesus die. Because when we see their reaction in, in chapter 16, verse 8, we know that, well, that is the reaction of people who had seen Jesus die, who were clearly shocked and surprised that he had risen and were confused as to how to process that information. That's the reaction any person might have to hearing that someone we know we know has died, is now alive again. <laughs> that news was unusual, as unusual back then as it is today. <laughs> and their reaction is the reaction of people who had seen Jesus die. And Mark gives us more information than that too. And Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent and wealthy Jewish man who, had, uh, who, was, who was waiting for the Messiah, Mark tells us, when, uh, waiting for the kingdom of God, uh, when Joseph came and asked, could he please take Jesus' body from the cross and give him a proper burial? Well, Pilate can only say yes to such a request if Jesus has actually died. The sentence has to be completed. There's no way otherwise that he would let a person be taken down from the cross if they weren't yet dead. And it could often take up to three days for a person to die from crucifixion as they slowly suffocated with fluid entering their lungs, as they lost the strength to hold themselves upright and breathe properly, no longer able to get full breaths of air, they would die essentially of suffocation. It was a cruel and unusual form of execution. And it would have been very unusual for Jesus uh, to have died already, to have died so soon after uh, being put on the cross. And so Pilate confirms this with the centurion responsible for executing the sentence. Uh, and we're told again that, yes, Jesus has actually already died. Mark 15, verses 44 and 45. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so... He gave the body to Joseph. The governing authorities, who have no vested interest in pretending Jesus has died when he hasn't, 
they confirm that Jesus has died. The second thing that might stop us believing the news that Jesus was raised is the idea that the women actually just went to the wrong tomb. Uh, they got bad directions. Maybe they had an old version of Google Maps and you know, they went to a tomb that well, had no one in it to start with and so they just thought Jesus was raised. Uh, perhaps they imagined being told by the young man that he was alive or, or they made it up maybe just to, to cover their mistake and embarrassment. Wrong tomb. It's an argument that's often raised. Did the women just go to the wrong tomb? Well, Mark tells us too that that's highly unlikely <laughs> because the women saw the tomb where Joseph laid Jesus' body after he tells uh, after Mark tells us that Joseph wrapped Jesus' body in linen and put him in the tomb, he also tells us, Mark 15, verse 47, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where he was laid. Unless the women have very short memories, it's unlikely they went to the wrong tomb just two days later. Uh, and that argument also is never seriously put. At the time that the women went to the wrong tomb, you won't find an ancient historical source that seriously suggests it, the location of the tomb, it was known by far too many people. If they had just gone to the wrong tomb, well, someone could go to the right tomb and produce Jesus' body. Uh, but that never happened. Uh, even the fact that the tomb was empty was never disputed uh, by the Jewish authorities. The main story going around was that the disciples stole Jesus' body. <laughs> that Jesus was once in the tomb, that the location of the tomb was correctly identified, and that it was later empty where it had earlier contained Jesus' body, these are all facts which no one seriously disputed at the time, uh, whether they were Christian or otherwise. There's something else here that supports the truth of Mark's account. You'll notice that Mark is mentioning, mentioning these women a lot. Uh, they're the ones who see Jesus die on the cross, they see where his body is laid. They're the first to see the empty tomb and to hear that Jesus is raised. The fact that Mark records such prominent activity by the women as he outlines the course of events, that must mean that what he's saying is a record of events as they plainly occurred. If that weren't the case, there's no way he'd rely so heavily on recording the women's involvement. Uh, because in the first century, the testimony of a woman uh, was not trusted. Testimony of a woman bore no weight. It was, was not admissible in court. Eyewitness testimony uh, of, of any significant event had to come from a man to be reliable or carry weight in court proceedings. Uh, but Mark and John and Matthew and Luke too <laughs> All record women as being prominent in the story of the resurrection, uh, as being the first to hear the news that Jesus has risen, to see the empty tomb. Uh, if you were fabricating a resurrection story, which you wanted as many people as possible to believe, you simply wouldn't cast women in the role of the first witnesses. You'd lose most of your audience immediately. It simply wouldn't carry any credibility in the first century Roman world. It's different today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, but in the first century Roman world, uh, you simply wouldn't be believed. The most likely reason you'd record women as your first eyewitnesses is that you're committed to just recording the truth. <laughs> you're recording events as they actually happened. 
Uh, the fact that Mark tells us three women are the first to hear of the resurrection, that gives us confidence that what he's written here is a factual event, uh, a factual account of events as they took place. Something to keep in mind as we continue, as we consider how we react to the news that Jesus is uh, risen from the dead. What the women find as they arrive at the tomb that Sunday morning is the astounding truth of the resurrection. Uh, the women are trying to figure out how they'll move the stone from the entrance so that they can get to Jesus' body to, to put the spices and oils on him. They're going to, uh, to, to, to anoint his body. There wasn't the chance to do that before he was put in the tomb. How will we move the stone? But what meets them is something they absolutely don't expect. Uh, not just that a, a nearly dead man has revived and escaped, uh, not just a missing body or a wrongly identified tomb, but what meets them is news of a risen saviour. Uh, the one who multiple times had told his disciples that as Messiah he would die and rise again. <laughs> uh, this one has truly risen from the dead. He wasn't lying, he was telling the truth. Clearly it was too much for the disciples and Jesus' other followers to believe. Uh, it would have seemed ridiculous uh, to them and to us too at, at the time if we were there. Uh, to hear that this one who, who had come to be our saviour king, that he would submit to a cruel and humiliating death in order to save us from our sin and rebellion against God and, and that he would rise to life again, proving his power over death, uh, thus giving us the ability to be saved from sin and to look forward to living forever in heaven with him one day. Uh, not having to worry about the end that comes to us all because death will be defeated. That They had, had, had no understanding that that is the way this would all happen, that Jesus' uh, resurrection was, would be the end of this story. And we would have had trouble believing it too. But Jesus wasn't lying. Uh, Jesus' power over sickness and death extends even to himself. And we see that uh, in the evidence of the empty tomb and the, the declaration of the young man, uh, an angel, the other Gospels tell us, who, who meets the women there. Mark 16, uh, verses 4 to 6. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Jesus has risen. Uh, the first uh, solid evidence for us that everything Jesus said was true. If it is true, it is the evidence that death is defeated. And the hope of life forever after death is provided for all who follow Jesus. We have a lovely hint in this passage too of the, the forgiveness that Jesus' death and resurrection brings. Uh, in the next verse, the young man tells the women to go and tell the disciples that Jesus has risen. And not just the disciples, but pointedly, he says, Peter as well. Mark 16, verse 7, But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, from Peter's uh, recent history, you can imagine that he is very likely thinking he's the worst 
of disciples, having denied even knowing Jesus three times before Jesus was crucified. Uh, You've got to imagine that he is in the depths of despair, as the rest of the disciples are, but compounded by his denial of his Lord. He probably can't imagine how he could be redeemed from that action. Sitting in his his grief after seeing his rabbi, his, his, his teacher, his Lord, who he has confessed his saviour, after seeing him crucified and, and knowing that he denied even knowing him. But here as readers, we know that Peter's already forgiven. <laughs> He's still a disciple and Jesus is coming to show himself to them all. Uh, from the depths of despair, there is forgiveness and reconciliation because of the resurrection. And as we read all of this and hear Mark's account, we can hardly help but think of our own response to this incredible news. How do you react to the news that Jesus is risen? How will your life be changed in response to this incredible pronouncement? Uh, we've seen the way the women responded. Uh, and, and given the circumstances, perhaps that's a very normal response to hearing news like this. Mark 16, verse 8 again. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The first response is one of confusion, fear, shock, perhaps. They didn't immediately say, oh great, Jesus isn't dead after all. (laughs) That's a relief. Let's go tell the disciples like the man in white said. No, they didn't do that. Their immediate reaction is a pretty normal reaction to hearing unbelievable news. It's the same reaction Mark has shown us throughout his gospel as people witness the unbelievable power of God in Jesus. Uh, See see where else Mark uses uh, this same Greek word for fear uh, throughout his gospel. Mark 4, verse 41. Back there, uh, we see the reaction of the disciples when Jesus stands up in the boat and calms the wind and the waves. They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Uh, Mark 5, verse 15. See how the villagers react uh, when they see that Jesus has cast a legion of demons from a man who was uncontrollable, a man who they couldn't even restrain with chains. Uh, They come and see this man, Mark, uh, Mark 5 verse 15. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there and dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Mark 6 verse 50, when the disciples see Jesus walking towards them on the water, They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Mark 11 verse 18. See how the Jewish leaders respond when they consider Jesus' teaching against them and the following following that Jesus gained among the people. Mark 11 verse 18. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him. Because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Again and again, uh, Mark shows us the response people have when they come face to face with the power of God displayed in Jesus. Uh, there is no power that uh, any uh, other human in the world could 
could have wielded. This, this power doesn't belong to, to any other person. Jesus displays the supernatural power of God because he is God. And his resurrection from the dead is the greatest instance of this power. And by finishing his gospel as he does at verse 8, Mark causes us to consider how we react to and what we do when confronted with this incredible power of God and confronted with the news that Jesus is risen. The first reaction uh, might be fear and bewilderment, but confusion. Peter Hitchens was right when he said the most dangerous idea in history is the belief that Jesus Christ was the Son of God who rose from the dead. Uh, the host of Q&A that night, Tony Jones, he didn't let Peter leave his statement there. He asked him simply, well, why is it so dangerous? And Peter replied like this, because it alters the whole of human behaviour and all our responsibilities. It turns the universe from a meaningless chaos into a designed place in which there is justice and there is hope and therefore we all have a duty to discover the nature of that justice and work towards that hope. It alters us all. If we reject it, it alters us all as well. It is incredibly dangerous. It's why so many people turn against it. The resurrection of Jesus is a truth that changes your life. If Jesus really was raised from the dead, it means that everything he said about himself was true. It means that he did come to give his life to save us from sin. It means that he really did conquer death. It means that the, the penalty for sin, which is death, is taken away, dealt with on behalf of everyone who trusts in Jesus. It means that there is a life beyond this life to look forward to where we can live forever with God as he intended in a new heaven and new earth where death and mourning and crying and pain are no more. That's what it means if Jesus is the Son of God and if he really did rise from the dead. If you reject this news, it changes your life uh, because even if you don't believe it, it speaks of the salvation you could have if only you believed. By rejecting it, uh, rejecting it means opting instead to take the punishment for sin yourself, which can only lead to eternity apart from God's love, suffering instead God's punishment for sin. There's cause for great fear. <laughs> there is cause for great fear if you hear this news but reject it. And if that's currently where you stand, well, Look, we would love to tell you more about Jesus. Uh, I'd love to tell you more about what his death and resurrection means for you. Uh, I'd love for you to come and have a chat to me after the service. If this is something you don't yet believe or understand, uh, there are some books and pamphlets on the, door, uh, the table at the door, which we'd love you to take as well to find out more about Jesus, his death and resurrection, what it means to hear and accept this news. If you do believe it, it's still kind of scary, <laughs> I think. But instead of the fear the women first felt, we're now filled with a kind of awe at the power of God. As people living 2,000 years later with the, the Bible in our hands, well, we know how the story ends. Uh, just like the disciples, 
after they finally saw Jesus and talked with him, who, who, who were finally convinced that he had actually risen and they received the Holy Spirit as they went out boldly to share the good news of his death and resurrection. We also know the importance of, of believing this dangerous idea. It, it does alter our behavior, our responsibilities. It does have us working toward the justice and hope that we see in Jesus, the justice of sins forgiven because of Jesus' sacrifice in our place, the, the hope of life forever beyond death because Jesus has conquered death for us. Uh, Jesus has spelled out these responsibilities for those who follow him. Uh, Mark 8, verses 34 to 38, Jesus tells his disciples, In no uncertain terms, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Jesus has already told the disciples that and they're about to really truly understand what it means. Belief in Jesus, accepting his sacrifice on our behalf means we submit to him, we live life in service of him because he has died and risen to life again in service of us. Mark 10, verse 45, Jesus told the disciples, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. How do you react to the news that Jesus is risen? How does it make you think or feel? What do you do as a result of hearing this news? We don't need to fear as the women at the tomb first did. Uh, we know the end of the story. Uh, they did go and see Jesus. They did go and tell the disciples. And the news of Jesus' death, death and resurrection did spread uh, throughout the city, the region, eventually across the whole world, and it is still spreading. So that today there are people everywhere worshipping, praising and serving the risen King Jesus. We no longer have that, that same fearful and bewildered response at this news. We don't need to be confused about it. We can read about it in the Bible. You can find out as much as you like about Jesus from, from, from Christians everywhere. You can, you can read what people have written about this life-changing news. You can ask Jesus himself to show you the truth about himself and he promises to do it if you earnestly seek him. And as those who already believe this wonderful good news... If you already believe it, you have the privilege of sharing this good news with those who still need to hear it. The resurrection of Jesus is wonderful. A wonderful good news. News which changes our life, guides and directs every thought and action, if we believe it. Let's praise God. For the death and resurrection of Jesus, let's pray. Please pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you because you are a good and loving and powerful God. We praise you for the power demonstrated in your Son Jesus, the power of the resurrection, your power over sin and death. We praise you that in Jesus we see forgiveness offered through his sacrifice on our behalf. We praise you that in Jesus we see the hope 
of life beyond death, the hope beyond any suffering, pain that we can go through in this life, the, the hope of life with you forever in eternity because of what Jesus has done, because death is conquered, sin is forgiven. We pray that you help us, Lord, to be people who hear and believe this good news. Help us to be people who accept this news and live in light of it. Help us to share this good and wonderful news with those who still need to hear. As we do so, might you glorify yourself by bringing more people uh, to salvation, by bringing more people to yourself through faith in your Son, Jesus. We pray this for your glory and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.